This week on the YSY Podcast, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and how it's revealing the sick flaws of the U.S. higher education system. This is Tony Armiger, and you're listening to the YSY Podcast, COVID-19, putting the spotlight on high tuition and student loan debt. I'm doing this podcast to inform you about how college tuition in America has helped contribute to the horrific $1.5 trillion in student loan debt in our country. We look at different flawed aspects of the entire problem and provide you with all the information you need to know. 45 million Americans are burdened with an average student loan debt of over $37,000. Let's talk about it. In this episode, I want to do a little experiment. Close your eyes. Seriously, do me this one favor. Just close your eyes for a couple of minutes. If you're driving, pause the podcast and pull off to the side of the road. Because you're going to need to hear this. Now imagine what I'm about to tell you. Imagine you're 17 years old. And you choose to go to college and study because you were told throughout your whole life that it was a necessary part of what you should do in order to achieve success in this society. Your parents even encourage you and your father co-signs for your student loans. You graduate from college at 22 years old into a worldwide economic recession with about $115,000 worth of student loan debt. Now you have to start paying that back within six months of graduation or else you and your co-signers, your parents, are liable for that debt. Simultaneously, your government decides to bail out your student loan provider due to the recession. So they buy up a part of your loan. Okay. The thing that's strange though is that the interest on those newly acquired government loans just doubled. Is that even legal? It's about six months after graduation. You're still applying for jobs in the field you studied, but you just keep getting rejections. You can barely make ends meet with whatever job you can get your hands on, whether it be as a waiter at a restaurant or mowing lawns in the neighborhood. And you now have to start paying $1,200 per month back towards your student loans. You decide it's time to get a master's degree because this bachelor's degree It's not getting you anywhere. You go back to college, this time closer to home, so you can keep living with your parents to save on rent. You therefore put your original loans into in-school deferment. Thank God a master's degree is only two years instead of four, because the interest on those then things keeps accruing. But now you have to take out even more loans for this degree, even though this college is cheaper than most of the colleges in the area. So this time your mom co-signs for the next $30,000 in student loans. The total sum of your student loan debt has now grown to around $152,000. You're 23 years old. You graduate with a master's degree and finally land a job in a big city three hours north of where you live. The thing that sucks though is its entry level. So it pays a normal wage for a recent graduate, yeah. But not enough for your current situation. You never thought you would have to turn down your first job offer. 
but you have to, because rent in and around that city, in addition to your $1,400 a month minimum student loan payment, and all your other expenses for that matter, is just way too expensive. You wouldn't be able to financially make it work out. You decide to just settle for a job around where you're from that has nothing to do with what you studied, and your parents tell you that you can continue living at their place while you pay off your student loans. The total sum of your student loan debt has now grown to around $165,000. You're 26 years old. For the next five years, you aggressively make payments on your student loans. Nothing will stand in your way. You don't even want to start a family before paying off that huge sum. Bring a child into the world with that amount of debt? Irresponsible. $1,600 per month, which is $200 more than the required minimum monthly payment. The leftover money? You put it towards food and gas for the car. During that time, you even find a shared apartment with two roommates and finally have your own place. What kind of? Your parents both go into retirement, they sell their house, and they move to Florida. It's a pretty great feeling to finally become independent, isn't it? Yeah, you're over 30, but you're getting there. At $103,000, the total sum of your student loan debt after five years of repayment is now just over the original amount that you took out for your bachelor's degree. You're 31 years old. Now, after a couple of years of kind of being on your own and independent, coronavirus has taken the world by surprise. You get laid off from your job. You can't pay your student loans anymore, most of which don't even qualify for the federal stimulus package that was just passed by Congress because your loans are private loans. The interest on those damn things keeps accruing. You don't even have savings to pay for rent, let alone any of the other expenses you have. And you realize that all of the work you've been putting into paying off these fucking student loans has been sideswiped by an unforeseen pandemic, and there's nothing you can do. How can this happen? In just the blink of an eye, your hopes of becoming independent, financially free, and starting a family without any debt has just been crushed. Why? Because yeah, you can claim bankruptcy, but not for these fucking student loans. Congress stripped bankruptcy protection from student loans in 2005. And now, you're forced to stay home due to the current pandemic, that is, until you can't afford next month's rent. You're having panic attacks, which you've never even experienced before and you never thought you would, and you constantly drift off to a dark place in your mind where no one wants to go. But hey, it was your decision to go to college, so suck it up. Now open your eyes. Guys, hey, open your eyes. This isn't a story. This is reality. A reality that reflects the experiences of millions of us at the moment. And no one is doing anything about it. That's what's sad. And that's what's sick. And now we have a global pandemic on our hands in a virus called corona that is actually revealing and magnifying the drastic effects of a broken system 
And we continue to sit by and watch people struggle like this. Guys, we need to do something. And we need to do something now. Some of you don't have student loans. So if your imagination wasn't capable of convincing you that we're dealing with a flawed system, let me paint a different picture for you. My picture. Let me tell you about how the coronavirus crisis has impacted me as someone who is still paying my college tuition. Here's my situation. I took out $98,000 to study three and a half years at Washington College in Chestertown, Maryland. And that was from 2006 to 2009. After graduation, from 2009 to 2015, I paid $150 every three months to put those loans into forbearance from when I was looking for work and while I was doing my master's degree. That was a forbearance fee, so if you do the math, it's about $3,300 in total that I paid during that period. Now, that money didn't go towards my student loans at all, nor did it go to the interest on my loans. From early 2015 to mid-2015, when the total amount of my loans, including interest, was around $134,000, I was paying $750 per month. My father, who is my co-signer, was matching that to help me out. So the minimum monthly payment at that time was $1,150 per month. So we were paying $350 more than what we needed to per month. Now, one of the main reasons why I was able to even make a little more than half of the minimum monthly payment was because of my girlfriend. Even though she knew how much debt I was in, she has stood by my side ever since, and we've been sharing the bills when it comes to rent, utilities, groceries, you name it. Without her, I wouldn't have been able to pay these loans down as fast as I have been. From mid-2015 until now, I've been paying a minimum of $1,500 every month, and sometimes even more, which was thanks to a better paying job and a little editing and translating business I have on the side. My father, God love him, told me that he would continue to match whatever I pay to help me out, and he, he has been. We've been paying $1,850 more than the original minimum monthly payment per month. Three weeks ago, I, along with 50 of my colleagues, were laid off from our full-time jobs due to the, quote, potential negative economic impact that the coronavirus was going to have on the company, end quote, that we were working for. Since I had a lot more free time on my hand now, I've been able to do a lot more of the things I've been meaning to do, but haven't been able to because I've been so busy. One of those things is actually this podcast, Another one of those things is my taxes for 2019. I did those last week, and I noticed that I paid $38,000 towards my student loans last year, of which $7,000 went towards interest alone. Now, this is when the reality of my situation truly hit me like a rock thrown by a caveman to my face. I have put aside no savings because I wanted to attack these loans and get rid of them as fast as possible. I've wanted to be the person who proves the people wrong who say that when college students complain about their student loans, they're just looking for a handout. For the majority of us, that couldn't be further from the truth. We are trying, but the system is against us. Why? Because it's flawed. 
My student loans are private, which means they don't qualify for the government's current stimulus package. I did have federal loans in the very beginning, and those would have qualified for this package. But I paid those off as fast as possible because the interest rates on those were double the amount of my private loans. That package allows borrowers to postpone payments on their federal student loans for six months without any interest accruing. My loans continue to accrue interest, and my student loan provider, Navient, which was previously Sally May, even says this on their website, that they're not really holding interest back at all. They're actually profiting from this uh, crisis while other companies and, and people are not making money at all. They're actually accruing interest, so their business is going completely normal ahead as planned. Now, I'm applying to five jobs a day, and yes, with tailored cover letters. And it seems that most of these companies have placed their hiring efforts on hold. Now, let me ask you a question. How many people do you think are in a similar situation to me? No, no, no. Let me, let me reformulate that question. How many people do you think are in a similar situation to me, but don't have such a great support network and don't have a, a small business on the side to help them out on a rainy day and were laid off of two jobs, not just one, and have a family that they need to feed and rent to pay on top of it all? How many people do you think are struggling to survive right now because most of their money has been going towards paying off their college education and not towards savings and their current situation? You're probably asking yourself about the title of this episode, COVID-19, putting the spotlight on high tuition and student loan debt. I'll tell you why I chose that title. It's because this pandemic is revealing everything that is wrong with a system that promotes higher education at the expense of a lifetime of debt. It magnifies the everyday struggles of the average student loan borrower and reveals why they are truly struggling. Think of how many people wouldn't be in such a desperate situation at the moment without student loan debt. Think about it. Here's your homework until the next episode. Share this episode. Tell as many people as you can about the flaws that COVID-19 is revealing about our higher education system. Tell them about the millions of Americans who have been laid off and who cannot pay their student loan bills, let alone the food and rent for themselves and their families. Help them directly if you can in any way. That'll help them for now, yes, and get them through this difficult time. But more importantly, Help them and help our future generations by getting our government to change their bankruptcy policies, by changing our laws so that student loan providers and banks can't lobby our government representatives, by making the colleges in our country more accountable for their business transactions, and by making the student loan companies conduct business in a more humane manner. Guys, I beg you, for the love of God, do your homework. Spread the word. Are you someone who's struggling due to your student loans and the effects of the current coronavirus crisis? We want to hear your stories. Get in touch with us on Facebook or through our website at www.whysohigh.org. Don't worry, we'll keep it anonymous. This episode was recorded, produced, and edited by me, Tony Armiger Jr., in Hamburg, Germany. Design support was done by Sarah Roloff, and musical support was done by Scott Joplin and Hinterheim. Find out how to get involved and take action on our website at whysohigh.org.